Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Well, having raised a thorny theological question, a thorny theological issue, maybe I should say, on the broadcast yesterday from our text in Second Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 15, the thorny issue being the extent of the atonement. Does the Bible teach universal atonement, that Christ died on the cross for every individual in all the world without exception, or does the Bible teach particular atonement, or partic- definite atonement is another word, that is used for that, or particular redemption. In other words, that Christ died for the elect of God and only for the elect of God. Now, that is a thorny issue, and it's really, it's not only a theological issue, but it's a very emotional issue. Some people really get wrapped up emotionally in even talking about that issue uh, because, well, number one, most people have heard and have assumed from from what they have heard all of their lives, if they are Christians, that Christ died for everyone. That's often emphasized in evangelism. And, and the, the, the problem is that the Bible does not really support that, though it seems to. I do understand why people think that's what it teaches, because they look at words like all and world and every, and they assume that that word all means everyone in all the world without exception. Failing to pay careful attention to the context and failing as much as anything to realize that when the word all is used in the Bible in contexts that do not have anything to do with the atonement or with salvation, that in most cases the word all does not mean everybody without exception. That being so, and if you don't think I'm right about that, then check it out for yourself. You can do your own study. But I I assure you that that is the case. And that being so, why would we think when it comes to discussion of the atoning death of Christ upon the cross, it comes to discussion of for whom did Christ die, that suddenly these words that generally are not universal, they're restricted in some way, They don't mean all without exception. They mean all without distinction and often all of a certain class, all of a certain category, all in a certain location. And if that's the way they are normally used in the Bible, and really I'll I'll give you an example or two and then you can just check it out for yourself, then why would we think that in these salvation passages that the word all has to always mean 
everybody universally. Well, it doesn't. And the passage before us, I think, shows clearly that that is not the case. But at any rate, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. So I stop to welcome you to the Friday, December 9 edition of the Beacon Broadcast. And I am glad that you have tuned in today for this study of God's Word. And I pray that the Lord will help us to deal with His Word accurately and honestly and truthfully and and thoroughly. And I pray that the Lord will make this a blessing to many people. And I also thank those of you who, who are helping us financially or will consider doing so. Perhaps a year-end gift in the month of December would be something that the Lord would have you do, and it would be a wonderful help and blessing to us in maintaining the Beacon Broadcast. All right, the verses before us are in 2 Corinthians five fourteen and 15. It says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge that if one died for all, then all died. I pointed this out on the broadcast yesterday, but that phrase, then all died, causes most of us immediately to leap to the conclusion this is talking about the fact that all are under the condemnation of sin and all die because of sin. All died in Adam. All died in condemnation because of our sins. The wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth it shall die. That's, that's, an, that's a universal all, isn't it? That is everybody without exception, or at least with only one exception, namely the Lord Jesus Christ. But other than that, that is a universal all. But that isn't what this verse is talking about. It says, we judge that if Christ died for all, then all died. You see, if we're talking about universal death, then that precedes the death of Christ on the cross, right? All died in Adam. All died because of sin. All are under condemnation for sin. So we don't say that there is a death of all because Christ died on the cross, We say there is a death for all because all have sinned. But this verse isn't talking about that death. That if one died for all, then, as a consequence of his death upon the cross, all died, and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Now, before we go back to this text, I told you I would give you an example at least one, maybe a couple, but I'll give you one, where the words all in the Bible and every and even world in the Bible do not mean everyone without exception. Take the familiar Christmas account that everybody knows, or nearly everyone, and it says that in the days of Caesar Augustus, a decree went forth from Caesar Augustus that, listen to me, you know these words, all the world should be taxed. There you've got the word all, then you've got the word world. Does that mean every individual in the world without exception? Did Caesar Augustus control the whole world? Did he have the ability to tax everyone in all the world? Did he tax those who lived in Africa? Did he tax, and of course this is a tax that is combined with a census, did he tax those who lived in South America? Did he tax those who lived in North America? Who did that decree go out to? It went out to all those who were living in the geographical confines of the Roman Empire. It's an all. Everybody in this 
location, but it's not a universal all. It is a defined all. It is a limited all. We could read, a decree went forth from from Caesar Augustus that all the Roman world should be taxed, right? Surely nobody's going to argue against that. Now, that's just one example, and you can find many others. Go ahead and study. Get a concordance. Look up the word all. That's a lot of, be a lot of words to check out, but take the time to do it. Just say, I'm going to look at all the words all in a particular book, uh, one, one gospel or whatever. Take something like that, a little more manageable section, and check it out for the word all. Check it out for the word world. And see if I'm telling you the truth, because this is vitally important. Now, back to our text. The love of Christ compels us because we judge that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Well, this does raise one of the most heated theological debates that I have ever encountered. And though the extent of the atonement is not the main point of this text, it is the necessary conclusion of what is said in this text. Did Christ's death atone for the sins of everyone universally, or did Christ die in the place of his people only? Are we talking about a universal atonement or a particular atonement, which could also be framed this way, Did Christ's death make salvation possible for everyone or certain for some particular ones? And that hinges on the meaning of all. Did Christ die for everyone who was ever born, or did Christ die for all the elect? Now, there are a lot of ways to look at this. We find the word all in verse 10, just a couple of verses before this one. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. What does that all refer to? Most people conclude that that all refers to all believers. In other words, all the elect. But the word all is used, and it doesn't say all the elect or all believers. It just says we must all appear. All. All seldom means everyone without exception. The context must determine the extent of the word all. And here, in verse 14, the word all tells us that all died as a result of Christ's death. Not died as a result of sin, but died as a result of Christ's death. Christ's death secured their death. Christ's death secured the death of the all. That's what it's saying. If one died for all, then, as a consequence of that, all died. Christ died for all who died when he died. That's what it's saying. All who died live because of Christ's death. All who died, verse 14, live because of Christ's death, verse 15. And it goes on to tell us that those who died with Christ also rose with Christ and lived with him. It's talking about believers, clearly. Every believer, true believer, died when Christ died. And died as a result of Christ's death. Every true believer lives as a result of Christ's death. Every true believer rose with Christ after his death. Those who died with Christ also rose with Christ and live with Christ. 
And these all, therefore, are obligated to live for him who died and rose for them, which is the whole point. We're talking about reasons to give our all to Christ, and one is out of gratitude for Christ, and there is an obligation here because of his death for us and what that secured for us, our spiritual life, our regeneration, our eternal life, because of that we have an obligation and surely a desire and a motive out of gratitude to live for him. Christ's death and the imparted life it secured obligate those for whom he died to live for him, to give their life to the one who died for them. That's the teaching of the text. It's a powerful teaching, a powerful motive for serving Christ. And the the text teaches a necessary connection between those for whom Christ died and those who receive divine life. It's not a possibility, it is a certainty, a necessary connection between those for whom Christ died and those who receive divine life. All for whom Christ died live in him. All for whom Christ died live as a result of his death. That if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. That's the text. And therefore, far from teaching the doctrine of universal atonement, it is actually teaching the doctrine of particular atonement and the great obligation of those for whom Christ died to give themselves to him because of his death for them. So, that's the teaching of the text, and that obligates us to serve Christ, and that's the point of the text as well. Until next week, Greg Barkman, Bible teacher on the Beacon Broadcast, saying, Good day. May God give you his eternal peace.